0: It is Thursday, the 13th day of October. Whoa, shit, the 14th day. Fuck. 2021, and everyone here at Complaints and Observations would like to take a moment to send out a belated happy birthday to the Red Rocker himself, Mr. Sammy Hagar. He is 74 years young. His liver is 106. Uh, The man does not look a day over 50, so maybe all that tequila has kept him young or basically pickled him. Um, But yeah, fucking A, Sammy Hagar. That dude, he's just a kick-ass rock and roll guy, you know? Uh, His first guitar, he bought it for 40 bucks from the Sears catalog. Yeah, that's right, kids, the Sears catalog. People bought shit out of a catalog way back when. They'd see it in a book, literally a gigantic thick book of paper that had a bunch of different, you know, tiny things in it. A shred of information to support the tiny shitty picture. Then you'd fill out a form, mail in a check or a money order. Yep, a money order or even cash. Yeah, cash in the mail then two to three weeks, it would just magically appear on your doorstep. You couldn't track it. You didn't know where it was. You didn't know where the fuck it was coming from. It was in the Sears catalog. Yeah. The whole thing was just a giant fucking crapshoot. But I'll be damned if it didn't work for a very long time. Anyways, yeah, so Sammy Hagar. Happy birthday. Man's been making music for over 50 years, and he rules. I love the guy. All that and more on episode number 94, the Plutonium episode. Yes, Plutonium. See, Plutonium's atomic number is 94. So fuck you if you thought there was going to be no tie-in here. Uh, I was unaware. Um, And and the more I did research on it, oh boy, I'm kind of, I kind of wish I didn't, but Apparently the public knew nothing about plutonium until uh, after the bomb was dropped on Nagasaki. And then doing my usual uh, bit of minor research for this terrible program, I learned that there was a man by the name of Eb Kane who was injected with plutonium back in 1945, basically to see what would happen. Oh, but by the way, he had no fucking clue this was going on. Uh, See, he was in a car crash uh, on his way to work one day outside of the Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee. He worked there. He was on his way to work. He was brought to a hospital outside of the city with some broken bones, relatively unscathed, aside from the brakes. Well... While at the hospital, he was deemed a worthy subject by the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Apparently, it was a bit of a tie-in where they were looking for certain folks that they could then inject with fucking plutonium. They injected him for weeks as he was the first of 18 human guinea pigs. And for some reason, it it took them 20 days to actually set his broken bones. Then they also took 15 of his teeth to biopsy for some reason. Now imagine being Mr. Cade. You're you're in 1945, Tennessee. Oh, you happen to be black. So this guy didn't fucking stand a chance from the jump. They're taking his fucking teeth out. Yeah, 15 of his teeth. And he was in in the hospital for weeks. Should have been out in two days. Eventually he busted out of there. But there was no actual record or, or, you know, public record or knowledge of what happened to him afterward. Until he died of heart failure in 1953. I believe he he was in his early 60s. But I mean, what the fuck is that about? Really? If you're looking for reasons why black people have been skeptical of the current vaccine, I present to you exhibit A. Good fucking grief. That's all right here, right now. Complaints and observations. Still the most less than average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room. When he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave Lapointe? I should give you advance warning that this will probably be uh a sports-heavy episode, mainly because a lot of shit uh has happened in sports, and so it needs to be discussed. Um, uh, you know, I hope you stick around because it's not, you know, I'm not discussing X's and O's or anything like that. It's all, you know, tertiary off-the-field bullshit. But that's the fun part about sports, is that, you know. Uh, You you get to have these discussions that don't have to do with the X's and O's. Uh, So kind of tying into how I ended the the intro, Kyrie Irving, again. I've talked about Kyrie far too much in this program. And the fact that that I'm giving him this much space says uh, very little about me, but... I'm having a hard time with this for a, a multitude of reasons. One, it's purely selfish. Uh, it, it, you know, Two, I think it's dumb. And, and three, he doesn't seem to have a valid excuse. Now, uh, Shams, if you're not familiar with Shams, he's a uh, NBA insider. He writes for The Athletic. He's a very good writer. He put out a piece um, on Wednesday about, you know, saying he had sources from from Kyrie's camp and the whole thing read like a PR release and not an actual, you know, researched article. But what do I know? Where more or less Kyrie is saying that the reason he's, he's not anti-vax. He is anti-government mandates leading to um, people losing their job. Well, this was the first that he's, allegedly said this first time i've ever seen it first time a lot of folks have seen it and look as i've said a billion times uh if that's your stance fine if you don't want to get it fine um i disagree with you wholeheartedly for a number of different reasons but in this particular instance you have the nba saying hey uh you know we would prefer if you get vaccinated there's no mandate in the nba But uh, New York City has a mandate where you can't go into the building if you're not vaccinated. So therefore, Kyrie not being vaccinated is out. Uh, A bunch of other uh, cities, um, I think Philadelphia and um, Boston, you know, there's probably exceptions uh, to, to to those rules for players. I don't really know. But I know that's not the case in New York City, so more or less he would be playing half the season. Well, the Nets came out and said, okay, if that's going to be the case, then you're not going to play for us at all. And this is where the problem lies, all right? So now he is, with his stance, and for whatever reason, aside from the you know the health side of it, and, and again, look, the impact f- to young professional athletes with this thing is is minimal. I think we all know that by now. It's minimal. But I mean, him walking around the building and interacting with, with people who might not be young professional athletes, i.e. his coaches, uh, could, could, could be problematic. But, you know, he's choosing to take this path, so here he goes. I can't blame the Nets for what they're doing here. The choice that the Nets have made it's like you're not going to fuck our team because you don't cuz you only want to play half the time. That's not how this shit works. Okay? You signed a contract uh and, and you know, you're willingly choosing to not be vaccinated and you not you're willingly choosing to go against uh, you know, city mandates um you're choosing to do your own thing and be your own man and all, and all this other crap. And it's putting, it's hurting the business, the decision that you're making. And in cases like that, I have zero sympathy. Zero. Like if you're just skeptical, just say, hey, I'm skeptical. You know, I, I, I look at the history of vaccinations in this country and of, uh, you know, Black people lining up and getting fucking jabbed with syringes full of plutonium. That's a legitimate, uh, you know, concern. I, I, look, I, I think it's a little odd and I don't really think that's the case here, but it would be a far more legitimate reason than him saying that he doesn't like that people are losing their jobs because of government mandate. They're not losing anything. They're choosing. That's they've made the choice to not get vaccinated. They're not following the mandate. So then uh, they're being like suspended or or terminated. I don't know how many people are being terminated. I haven't really... I know in hospitals that's the case. Well, because yeah, because it's in a fucking hospital. But I just find the whole thing, you know, again, he just he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and he's not. He's just not. And that's the part that bothers me. Anyways, I rambled. And I'm 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 terribly sorry. On a lighter note, let's talk about how wrong the host is. How wrong is the host, you ask? Well, uh, a significant portion of the March and early April programming uh, was dedicated to betting the under for season wins for the Red Sox, and they smashed it. Smashed it. And now, now they've gone and fucking done very well in the playoffs. Uh, Went out and fucking destroyed the Rays. sorry, they destroyed them. They were the better team, hands down. Moving on to the ALCS. I did not believe in this team. One iota. But I was dead wrong. Could not be more wrong. Loud fucking wrong. That's fine. It's okay. It happens. Bah. Pardon me. Yeah, I just, I didn't think the pitching would hold up. And quite frankly, it's almost as if I'm just waiting for them to collapse. But look, that's part of being a fucking Red Sox fan is you have to be miserable the entire time. And, you know, four championships has not uh, dissuaded me from being a miserable prick. Why do you think I sit here and and yammer about (laughs) dumb shit? (laughs) It's just in my DNA. But I'm fucking, look, I'm pulling for them. I want them to win, of course. Like, don't get me wrong. Just because I thought they were going to have a shitty year doesn't mean I'm not a fan. But, you know, they had the opportunity to do more. They chose not to. And the fact that they've got here uh, is, is a testament to the to the players that they do have. Management didn't believe in them. And so they said, fuck it, we'll do it ourselves. And it's worked. They've done a hell of a job. You can't really complain. Seriously, I can't complain about it. How could you? They're in the final four. Final four. And I think the the series with the Astros is going to be pretty evenly matched. Um. I, I think they could beat the Astros. The only teams I see them losing to are the Dodgers and the Giants, to be honest. And I, I even think they could beat the Giants if they got there. I think the Dodgers would be fucking tough. That would be a fun World Series, though, to have that again. Whew. Wow. Let's go. That'd be great. Uh, mainly because I bet on the Giants to win the series. So I would win my bet and get salvage something out of this disgusting baseball season. But we'll see. All right, Uh, more sports and and more, more uh, stupid. So uh, as I'm 1000% sure by now, you've heard all about John Gruden and his emails. And uh, in the consequences therein. There's a lot going on here. And there's a ton that's not being shared, released, discussed, whatever. Looking at it on the surface, strictly John Gruden, uh he had to quit. You've got fucking you know, close to a decades worth of like racist, sexist, homophobic, just shitty emails. And and the thing the 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 thing that gets me, right, they've got John Gruden talking to this dude, Bruce Allen, who worked for the uh, Washington Redskins at the time, the Washington football team, owned by, well, we'll get to that. So, obviously, you know, they they had access to Bruce Allen's emails because he worked for uh, Washington and, and the league was investigating Washington. Washington turned over all these emails. This, that, the other thing. Makes me wonder who the fuck else uh, in that organization was talking to anybody and what those emails were like because my guess is they also were shitty. Kind of gives you a... It gives you a real uh, nice inside look at the NFL where you've got... uh, this I don't know. I don't know the percentage of executives. But if I had to guess, it was equal, it was the opposite of what the players are. So players in the NFL are 70-plus percent black. My guess is that executives in the NFL are 70-plus percent white. So with that many people, you're going to have these bad apples. That's just the way it works. And obviously, John Gruden is... One of the more rotten of the apples, which is a fucking shame because I found him immensely entertaining, very smart, uh, and, and, you know, generally likable, but you know, you don't know people that you see on TV. So lesson number one, people, folks, you don't know who you're watching on television. You don't know who is currently fucking coming out of your speaker. I hope you do like to think them a bit of an open book, but you really don't fucking know, do you? You don't. And that's, you know, so anytime something like this happens, you always have a bunch of people saying, oh, I never would have guessed. Okay, that's fine. But you didn't fucking know, did you? You had no fucking clue. You don't know who these fucking people are. You got no idea. Stop stop being, stop being surprised, I guess is the best way to put it. You can, well, no, maybe that's not the best way to put it. You can be surprised. You shouldn't be shocked, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that could be like a – that could be a slippery slope there. Not sure. But anyways. So it also kind of gives – it's a good idea how the NFL works and really how the whole world works in this particular instance. Now, putting John Gruden himself aside – There are two reasons why he doesn't have a job. One, because obviously it seems like he's a piece of shit. And two, these emails, again, 650,000 plus emails. That's a lot of fucking emails, man. Were only found because of an investigation into Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team. Who, if you've listened to this program in the past, basically over its entire history... 18 plus months. How fucking long I've been doing this? Uh, he's also a piece of shit. Uh, but thing is, uh, you know, Danny isn't the one really paying. With uh, well, I mean, he did technically pay. He had to pay out of pocket. It was a ten million dollar fine. Ooh, ten million bucks. He's not the one paying for being a piece of shit. Someone else is taking the heat here, and it, it's it's crazy. Because it's almost as if the league is making an actual effort to sweep whatever else they have found about Snyder, his team, and maybe anyone else under the rug. And it should give you a fucking good idea how the NFL actually operates. And probably, I would venture a guess, most of these... uh, most of these leagues, if I had to guess, and look, it's an it's entirely an assumption on my part, and and I know I'm not alone in this feeling. Where you're going to have a ton of people who think the same exact way who think fuck, you know, you know, obviously there's a problem here, and this is just how things go. But there was other people on these emails, like the guy, like the CEO of Hooters was on there. Um, there was who the fuck was the other guy? There was somebody else in the, in some of these emails. But again, any position of power, these this is the way that these people fucking think. They're fucking troglodytes. Ninety percent. Ah, God, see, and I I can't. I don't want to say that because it's not. It's it's not accurate. I highly doubt it's ninety percent. <laughs> that that's an exaggeration on my part. But it's a lot. A lot of these fucking people are just shitty troglodytes. They're just, they're fucking bottom feeders. They're they're shit human beings. A lot of them, I, can't, I you can't say most of them because it's not accurate. But it's like, what the fuck? Why? What? You know how much effort it takes to be that shitty? It takes a lot of fucking effort. Where your entire day is consumed with being a fucking asshole. And then, then there's this other one, Adam Schefter sending articles to, to Bruce Allen. Like, oh, hey, take a look at this, Mr. Editor. What do you think of this story? It's like, what the fuck? Shefty? you too, man. You too? A two Shefty." But fuck, this whole thing is great. You know, good journalism. Like, outstanding. And this is why we still need this shit in this country. And this is why the right wing is doing its best to fucking... Bury it. Let's get political. But it also makes you wonder about some of the other investigations that the NFL has, quote unquote, done. First and foremost, uh, your New England Patriots. Now, all of the evidence from Spygate has been destroyed, allegedly. Why? and it makes you wonder doesn't it makes you wonder if there wasn't something else there aside from you know some random fucking douchebag filming a practice you know was there something else there same with spygate i mean um deflate gate was there something else there the robert Kraft handjob incident was there something else there in that particular instance, probably not. But I mean, if this is how the NFL is operating with investigations where they had 650,000 fucking emails and the person in charge of the investigation didn't allegedly write anything down. She gave her findings to the league orally. Orally. Which sounds disgusting, depending on who she's giving the oral argument to. But, uh, you know, really? I mean, you expect me to fucking believe that? You expect anybody to believe that? But man, the NFL has so much fucking power in this country. It is so stupid. So stupid. And it's it honestly, it's so unimportant as a whole. Honestly, it really is. And I've said a thousand times, it you know, sports is the fucking toy aisle. That's not an original thought. I stole that, but still, it's the toy aisle. It should not be looked upon as anything other than entertainment. But fuck, sports as a whole, the NFL especially has this entire fucking country by the ball sack. By the balls. You have, as an example, Donald Trump, who ended up being the president of the United States, wanted to be an owner in the NFL. The NFL (laughs) told him to fuck off. Like, think about that. I mean, he didn't really change much over the course of the 30 years between wanting an NFL team and being president. Still a piece of shit the entire time, yet the NFL told this guy, who would eventually be the President of the United States, to fuck off. Same with, you have one of the richest people on the planet in Jeff Bezos. He wants to buy an NFL team. It's, it's been leaked out, it's been talked about, and the thinking is that, uh, you know, he wants to buy... The football team because he owns the Washington Post. But, you know, does the NFL want to deal with that guy? Eh, because he's, uh, you know, way more fucking rich than any of the other guys. And they might, they might be, they might feel like they're being cockled. Like fucking A. It just, it's, it's so, it's so weird to me. It is a very strange thing, the power that the NFL has. And the power in sports in general has on the American populace. For example, again, this past weekend, uh, Texas A&M defeated number one Alabama. The gosh darn Alabama Crimson Tide lost to... Texas Agricultural and Military School. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but in Alabama, uh, a guy shot and killed a Texas A&M fan over the fucking game. Shot and killed him. What? You fucking serious? You're gonna kill somebody over a football game. It makes no sense to me. I love fucking sports, love sports. But some people, it's just when, when that is the only thing you have in your life, you're fucked. You're absolutely fucked. That's a fact. There was another report, too. A Steelers fan. Uh, at Heinz Field, dumped ashes, dumped a relative's ashes in the stands and on the edge of the field. According to CBS Pittsburgh, quote, the Steelers have said they are aware of the issue and do not condone it. End quote. Like, you loved the Pittsburgh Steelers so much that even in death, you want to be a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers when you really didn't, you weren't part of it. You were just a fan. Now you want them to like trample all over you and fucking you want beer spilt on your ashes in the in the stands. And they, what are we doing? Is it that important? It might be important, but it's not fucking. It's not sprinkle my ashes important. <laughs> It's not sprinkle my ashes important. I love that. That's good. Oh, fuck, huh? Jesus. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. It almost makes you sort of question the amount of time and effort that you've put into... Um, you know, following sports, especially when you're not an athlete like myself. You know, I, I realized at a very young age that I will, <clears throat> that I was not destined for athletic glory. I want to say I was about 10. <laughs> yeah, I'd say 10. And I was like, whoa, geez, not good at this. Because it wasn't as if I was like, oh, wow, geez, I'm going to grow. Nope. No. and from there I just kind of sat on the couch and ate Doritos and Oreos and well, look what happened I just turned out to be a fat fucking nothing just I mean find something else to do read a book, watch a movie go for a walk enjoy being alive instead of like you know perseverating over a football team and the same goes for John Gruden Like, you love football. Why does, why does fucking, all that fucking hate, where does that come from? Like, were you taught that as a child? You know, probably. It's usually where those things are formed. But fuck, the amount of time you could have spent just doing more football if you weren't so consumed with literally hating everyone. He's managed to make a very good living being a prick for the last 30 years. All right, two. Well, maybe more than two, but... Yeah, probably three. (laughs) And then I have a a voicemail that I need to get to. These will be quick. Uh, no, two things, two things. Why, why is when someone steals home plate, is it not called a stolen plate as opposed to a stolen base? It's not called home base. It's called home plate. Uh, thank you. That was from Matt. Appreciate that the other day. I don't even know if he knew that I wrote it down, but it's a fucking great question. That needs to be put out into the ethos. I think anytime you steal home, it's a stolen plate fuck yeah. I want an NFL team. And I was just shitting all over the NFL, but you know, here we go. This kind of goes back to the, the quagmire that I'm in, right? This is the way my brain works. Yet I'm shitting all over the NFL. It's, it's a real fucking conundrum. A couple weeks ago, we're at the game, Patriots game that we pay money to the Patriots to see even though we're up in section 8,000. The cheerleaders come on. They're doing their thing. Now, it's a very fucking serious deal. Being a cheerleader in the NFL is difficult. It's a lot of fucking work. You don't make a dime. um, And it's serious business. You just need one team, though, to kind of step away from that, okay? Here is a promotion that I think would, you want to talk about something viral and something that would, the first time it happens, it would rule. Everything after that would suck. The NFL needs to do a guest cheerleader promotion. One team, guest cheerleader. And it has to be done by a completely random drawing, all right? So you just, for like a few weeks, you have people enter to be the guest cheerleader. And you can even, you can say that anybody can enter. But you don't ask for anything other than like name, email address. Because all you're trying to do is build the email fucking mailing list anyway. But there should be a box that says, if you win, you fully agree to participate in this event. Fully agree. Like it has to be like legalized, legalese and, you know, other shit. Like this is locked in. And then the random, you could, you could fucking, you could do a whole televised event. (laughs) A whole televised event, like a half hour televised, uh, Drawing, let's say you get, you know, 50,000 entries and it's, the winner is like fucking, uh, you know, Al Zippo from Sheboygan. I don't know. I don't know why I said it. Oh, I'm looking at a can of Zippo letter fluid. Al Zippo. Terrible name. But like, th- the thought of that is 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 so fucking funny to me right so you do it on like a friday you announce it on a friday uh like you you do you really want to have the winner like spend time i mean it has to be a little bit so that he can get familiar he i say that as if you know it's gonna be a guy he or she can get familiar with you know with, with how this is gonna go But I mean, oh, my God, if it's like a like an old guy or a fat guy that wins and and has to get out there and, and do do a routine. Oh, my goodness. Just the the sheer comedy of the whole thing. Oh, that'd be that would just be. Oh, boy, I don't know why I find that so funny. I think it would be a fucking riot. But it would, you know. With my luck, they a team would do it and, uh, you know, a former cheerleader would win and, uh, you know, she goes out there and wows the crowd and whatever. Well, should, you know, or he goes out there and wows the crowd. I don't, I don't want to leave anybody out. Yeah. But that'd be fucking great. That's top 10 plays on SportsCenter. That is fucking number one trend on Twitter. That's huge. Huge. So you know we gotta sign a waiver in case you break a leg or some shit. And who knows? Maybe maybe Al Zippo goes out there and surprises everybody. But I think that'd be a fucking great idea. Wouldn't it? Yes. Yes, David, it would. I had some other things, you know, that I wanted to get to, but doing a lot of talking. And I still have more talking to do. Um, As I've explained multiple times, anytime I think of something that I think is uh, content worthy, I put it on the list. (laughs) I don't know when this came up. But I just put in farts. I grew up on farts. Eddie Murphy farts. Farts. I don't know what the context was there, and I don't know why I put it. I mean, that can go in 50 million different directions, farts, right? Farts are funny. They'll always be funny. Eddie Murphy farts. Boy. Eddie Murphy delirious when he talks about the fart game. That still cracks me up. That's so good. But yeah, I did grow up on farts. I think everybody grew up on farts. You know, every little kid thinks farts are hilarious. And if you didn't lose your sense of humor when you're an adult, you still think farts are hilarious. And you should, because they're funny. Farts. Yeah. I I wish I knew why I wrote that down. Farts. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Dave, I have a few complaints. Um, my first complaint is when people don't value your time and show up late, um, especially in the work world, as if I have nothing else to do and their time is certainly more important than than mine. Um, I like to be on average 15 minutes early for any meeting I have. In today's case, I was 30 minutes early and people were still late. Uh, Anywho, my second complaint would be when um, you go to complain to your husband and he has a podcast and refers you to this line because apparently listening to my complaints yourself is too much and they need to be used as content for the show. Um, So now this is going to be my new outlet. And third, when people give you the wrong number for their complaint line, Um, and you call the number and it just rings and rings and rings because said person gave you the wrong number to his own complaint line. Um, I don't know if you want to call those complaints, three gripes, you know, do what you got to do. Um, but that's where we're at today. Thanks. Have a nice day, dear. Uh,
0: ladies and gentlemen, my darling wife, Jennifer, thank you, uh, for calling into the show. Let's let's go through those one by one, shall we? Uh so number one, she is ten thousand percent correct. People who are late, where where do I even begin? Uh, People who are late, um, you're unendingly selfish. If you make an appointment and you show up late. And your excuse does not include someone died or uh, got into a car accident or the rapture happened, uh, then there's no valid excuse. The reason for your tardiness is that you're an asshole. That's pretty plain and simple. You don't think that I'm important enough to keep the scheduled appointment. That's all. That's... That's fact. That's all there is to it. And you know, of all the things that I complain about, tardiness is at the top of the apps. It's just above everything else. People who are late, and it drives me crazy. I've had friends over the years. I have current friends, constantly fucking late, and it pisses me off to no end. Like it, I seethe seethe with anger when people are late, it makes me so fucking mad. People that lollygag, dilly-dally, take their fucking... It's one thing to take your time, okay? But you need to preface it with, hey, I'm going to take my time. That fucking, you know, second and a half that you've taken to explain that you're going to be slow makes a world of difference. I should not have to figure that out on my own. But, you know, everyone's so fucking self-absorbed and selfish and petty and fucking annoying. And look, I know because I am a lot of those things. But one thing that I'm not and am never, ever late. There'll be occasions, sure. Things come up. Things happen. But I would say my record is a solid 98%. At least. And it could be higher. Don't do that to people. all right? Don't. Don't be fucking late. The second thing she complained about. How her husband happens to have a podcast. Which is about complaining. I don't think I'm asking too much for you to participate, dear. I really don't. If you, you know. The time it took you to text that complaint, you could have picked up the phone and called. That's the whole idea of the line. The whole idea behind the voicemail line is because it's supposed to be an outlet for people. Where you're so pissed off that you're like, fuck. Then you dial the number. It's saved in your phone under complaints and observations. Boop. You hit the button. You wait. My wonderful voice greets you. And then, boop. Then you fucking... Give your complaint. Share with the host and with the world what is bothering you. It's an outlet. It's a confession. As I slap my fucking hands in front of the microphone like a dummy. That's what it's for. That's the gist of the program. And look, it is a great fucking idea. And eventually, people are going to catch on. (laughs) Eventually. It's going to happen. I'm, I'm certain of it. I know it. And then the third one, yeah, I gave her the wrong fucking number. It was off by one number. So fucking sorry. I, serious, I apologize. 617 657 4736. You can call in too. Put it in your, uh, what do you, do they call that a phone book or an address book for numbers in your phone? I mean, I've heard it called address book and I don't understand why unless you're you're putting in phone numbers and email addresses and then maybe you call it an address book I don't know hmm maybe that's why they just call it contacts and it just it covers all the bases maybe that's that's probably it so anyways thank you very much dear i appreciate your participation As it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. Um, Three gripes are entirely mine. It's my thing. So I don't know why Jen would even mention three gripes. I mean, that's... All she did was complain three times. It's it's way different than three gripes. So I don't... You know. Yeah. Gripe number one. Conversations between pregnant women. Have Have you ever listened to one of these? especially if there are two pregnant women who are very visibly pregnant it's always like oh when do you do oh what are you having oh how are you feeling oh me too oh i got one of those oh you should try this oh but not this oh well good luck end of conversation Here's where my mind gets a little twisted, right? Do you have to ha- do they have to have that? Are they like contractually obligated to have that conversation with every single pregnant person that they see? And I wonder if they do that while they're rubbing their belly. You know? If doesn't matter where you are they're like jeep people. Where when you're driving past, if you drive a Jeep and you drive past someone else with a Jeep, apparently you're obligated to wave. Pregnant women are the same. (laughs) When two pregnant women happen to come into the same vicinity as one another, they have to stop, have that conversation, and then move on. It's almost it's it sounds required because they all have that same pattern and you know there's a couple giggles in there and look I'm not I'm not I'm not shitting on pregnant women as a whole obviously that's that's not the intent here I just find the conversation so like I don't know but a wink and a nod like an acknowledgement that hey I can see you I know you're pregnant. Let's continue moving and doing what we were doing the whole time. Unless there's a reason for them to actually stop and talk. I don't see... I I don't really see the need. Again, this is completely and totally out of my purview. And the kind of petty bullshit that this show is known for. Stupid petty bullshit. Emphasis on stupid that's italicized and bold. Stupid. Gripe number two. Where is it? Parents. 50% of parents, I'm convinced of this now, shouldn't be allowed to engage with other people in public, ever. And I, I, you know, maybe 50% is a little too high. But, boy, does something change in your like uh i don't know i don't know what you'd call that portion of the brain that sort of dictates parenting but is there like a chemical imbalance there where you know when you when you procreate you suddenly lose all sense of common sense like where you're so it, i wonder if it has to do with like um Sort of like an animal instinct to protect your young. Where no one else can ever question anything that would have anything to do with your child, ever. Even if it is a, uh, like a completely tertiary type of uh, thing that, that could come into contact with your child. What got me thinking about this was the, was the mask thing with kids in school and how a lot of people are just so unbelievably pissed off about it. And, uh, you know, nobody, nobody likes the fact, uh, you know, that you have to wear a mask in certain situations. No one likes, and look, no parent likes the fact that their kid would have to wear a mask at school. Why, you know, nobody likes it. Some people, you know, they might think that it's somewhat necessary given the current environment. And even then, when parents say that, you know, oh, my kid can't breathe or my kid can't do this, my kid can't do that, is it? Why doesn't anybody ask the fucking kid? Like, you know, at what age do parents think that their children can speak for themselves? Ever? Again. When it comes to parenting, I am not an expert by any means. I am I am strictly uh, an unbiased observer here. Because quite frankly, I don't give a fuck about, you know, the way that you raise your children. As long as they're not shitheads, we're not going to have a problem. But just the thought that a piece of cloth over the kid's face while they're in school is going to be so detrimental and cause mental anguish. I find that to be uh somewhat appalling. If you want to sit there and say that it you know doesn't make a difference scientifically, whatever, fine. You know, even still, what's the big fucking deal? That's like saying if you send your kid to a private school and they have to wear a uniform, that's like you saying that, you know, that jacket is stifling. I don't want my kid wearing that jacket. Or if, if you go to a public school and you know you want to put your kid in Uh, you know, all kinds of fucking t-shirts and clothes that are racist, sexist, whatever. And then, you know, the school says you can't do that, but you're like, well, you know, my son's t-shirt with a swastika makes him feel good. He should be able to do that. It's so, it's just so strange to me. I don't, you know, there's, there are like so few instances where a kid wearing a mask would be detrimental to their health and if you're gonna sit here and tell me that they can't breathe then i think your kid has bigger problems probably has asthma or pneumonia or covid i don't fucking know But if your kid can't breathe through a piece of cloth is a problem i just you know kids i always say that you know i don't like kids and it's not true I don't like parents. Kids I can tolerate, but the thing with kids is you can walk away. Parents don't let you walk away if you've pissed them off for whatever random bullshit, stupid fucking reason. It's like, settle down, Karen. It's fine. Settle down. Like, let your kid fucking just, here's an idea. Ask your kid what the kid says, you know? And don't just take a two-second answer from them because you know that they're probably lying to you just to fucking satiate your bullshit, they're probably lying to you. That's what kids do. They don't want you to fucking feel bad or get hurt, so they're going to say what they think you want them to say. There you go. Ugh. Right, number three. This one came to me, first thought I had when I woke up the other day. Like, honestly, very first fucking thought after opening my eyes the other day. How come you never see spaghetti mac and cheese? What? Why? I think, obviously, I know why. Unless the cheese is super thick, it's not going to adhere to the spaghetti. Which is why mac and cheese works better in a shell format where the cheese itself can pool within the shell. I just think if you use the right kind of cheese in a thick cheese, it can work very well with spaghetti, no? I don't know. But honestly, that that came to my mind very first fucking thing that I thought of the other day. Very first thing. So much so that I had to roll over, grab the phone, and write that on the Google Sheet. Was a Google, what is this, Keep? Google Keep. It's a terrible name, by the way, for the Google Notebook. Just call it Google Notebook. Spaghetti mac and cheese. I have a sneaking suspicion that it does exist in some forms. It might even be like a um, Chef Boyardee creation. Because now that I'm thinking about it, why am I thinking like Green Label? I don't know. Anyways, if you find it, let me know. Uh, that's it for the show. I hope you stuck around through all the bullshit. I hope you stuck around through the whole show. I hope the show didn't suck. I think this week's show was pretty good. I thought last week's show was pretty good. Again, the downside of not having any guests. You know? I'm trying to line up guests here. I had a, thought I had a guest last week. Didn't have a guest. If you want to be on the show or if you know anybody that wants to be on the show, please reach out. If you have my number... Text me, call me. You can call the voicemail line, 617 657 4736, 617 65. Rep them. Uh, call in, be part of the show, complain about literally anything that you want to complain about. Your thoughts are welcome here. Please. Please. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but, anyways. Uh, I have a uh, a Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod, which, by the way, I picked up a new follower the other day. Her name is Kara Henderson. If you're not familiar with Kara Henderson, she used to work for NFL Network. I think she now works for CNN. Not sure. She happens to be the spouse of Les Snead, who's the GM of the LA Rams. How the fuck she stumbled upon my crap, I don't know. But uh, very interesting. So if that person, <laughs> person, what the fuck? Jesus Christ, David, if that person, if she can like my Twitter page or follow my Twitter page, why can't you? At ComplaintsPod. I have an Instagram page. Pl- see, this is what happens when you talk for an hour. I have an Instagram page at ComplaintsPod. Oh boy, it's time to time to go. Uh, I have a, um, a website, complaintsandobservations.com. There's a blog on there. I did not write a blog last week, even though I said I would. it to, and I never finished it, so hopefully on Friday there'll be a new one for you. You can check it out. My writing is almost as good as this podcast. Um, I have a Facebook page but Fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I haven't done anything with, but we are on the road to 100. Hashtag road to 100. We are now... Uh, Five full episodes away, Uh, six I should say, sorry my math is terrible, six episodes from number 100. I think what I'm going to do is get to 99 and then take a couple weeks off because it falls in a weird time with Thanksgiving and a vacation. So uh, I think think episode number 100 will come in early December, maybe second week of December. So get fucking ready. We're going to rent out a vets club. No, I'm not going to do that. It's funny. Um, is that it? I think that's all the pertinent information that you need. If you manage to get to the end of the show, I mean, psh, you're a fucking P1 listener, you know? Not, I'm not counting on it. I'm guessing that most people don't get this far, because why would you, you know? we can't say I blame you. Um, anyways, that's it. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening. Um, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Ta-ta. Fuck. See? Jesus. Godspeed. Ta-ta.